You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Tonight, my message is very, very necessary. It, um, it preludes, it sets up next Sunday night for the work of the ministry. We've put it on prayer meetings, we've put it in the bulletins for months and months and months. We have approved workers, I, I don't know the number, I, I think I heard 400, maybe more than that, approved workers, not counting College Church. But we need several hundred more people to say, there's something for me to do in this church. Amen. And I want to challenge us tonight to begin to pray this week, what does God want me to do? Everyone in the body, everyone needs to fulfill a function. Tonight the message is difficult for me to preach because it's more of a Bible study than a message but I want to ask that God will allow us to listen carefully. You see, my job, Ephesians 4, and the pastors and the other pastors in the auditorium, our job, Ephesians 4, he gave some apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry, for the perfecting of the saints, the maturing of the saints. When you get saved, you're not saved to sit. You're saved to serve. When I'm saved, I'm here to serve. Uh, Mrs. Treeper was helping me in the class and she was telling our class this morning, we have young couples that we're, we're, we, every parent needs to pass the baton to their kids, but the one with the baton has to still be running full speed ahead. And the one that's following has to get a firm grip on that baton to keep it going. And the one that is running the race has to run until the person has a firm grip. So I like what she said. Apparently, Pastor and I are staying for a while. And because we want to make sure we have everything passed down to this next generation. You know, tonight, our job as the men of God here, we have been given a task to equip you. To get you to understand what God is asking you to do. We're to give opportunities to you. And so tonight, we look at that. When we get saved, so many things took place. When I got saved, I went from a destiny of hell to heaven. I was lost and now I'm found. In addition to salvation, I obtained, though I did not know it that night, just about 15 minutes from here, but I did not realize that I obtained eternal salvation. I've never lost it. No man's gonna pluck me out of his hand, John chapter 10, 27, 28. I am God's child. In addition, I became a son of God. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. I am no longer, I am no longer an enemy, an alien, a foreigner, uh, a stranger to God. I'm his son, I'm his child. Oh, I'm so thankful. You know what else happened? I didn't know this that night, but that night the Holy Spirit of God moved in my life. 
there, if I had time, I have it all, I want it to type, speak it to you. There's 12 functions I want you to know that, that I was gonna to speak to you. He gives us, I won't have time for it. But, but one of the things he does, he convicts me of sin. In 65 years since my salvation, I have never sinned without being convicted. I'm always convicted. I sinned, the devil says you shouldn't have, God says you shouldn't have done that. The devil says, well, go ahead and do it anyway. You have grace. But no, God says, I don't want you to do that. That's the Holy Spirit of God speaking to me. He comforts me. He guides me. He teaches me. He fills me. He empowers me. He sends out missionaries. He stops missionaries in fields where they should not go. Acts chapter number 13 and 15. Uh, I thank God for the work of the Spirit of God in my life. I didn't realize I got all that at salvation. One other thing I got, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13. One other thing at salvation that night, 65 years ago when he saved me, I got a gift. Not only the gift of the Spirit, but the gifts of of the Spirit. There are nine gifts, and God gifted all of us with one or more gifts. I don't see in the scripture, according to the end of this chapter, where everybody has all the gifts. But God, for the work of the ministry, gifted you. Do you know your gift? You know how you're gifted, not how you're talented, not what you like. But how did God gift you? Do we even know the gifts of the Spirit? I'm going to deal with the gifts of the Spirit because this week you have to ponder it. I want you to ponder this week. What is God created in my life for me to do? Continue the introduction. I won't be long when I finally get there, but it's going to take me a while to get off the, uh, the runway tonight. God gave you a gift or gifts. One. Two, you undoubtedly have talents. Everyone has talents. Uh, those talents are either uh, natural ability or developed ability. Brother Galvan, I don't think you know that song I mentioned Wednesday night, um, I'll live for Jesus, but let's try it together. I know you don't know it. Come to the piano. Here's a man that is either talented because because he worked at it, or it's just natural. It's, I'll live for Jesus, I don't know the pitch. I'll live for Jesus day after day. I'll live, can you find the pitch in a moment? Let's watch it, because the man doesn't know. That's it. I'll live for Jesus. He doesn't know it. Day after day. I'll live for Jesus. Let come what may, the Holy Spirit, I'm going to go up, the Holy Spirit up, I will obey and live for Jesus day after day. I'll let you be seated. I think that's probably the first time he's ever heard it. That's what you call talent. Thank you, brother. You can go back and sleep way over there. <laughs> brother, brother Galvan, as you're going, did you take piano lessons? How, yes, sir. How many years? 18. 18 years. So he developed a talent. 
He, he can play chords and put inversions. It's one, three, five chord, and he can put an inversion in there, and it sounds so rich and so beautiful. That's talent. That is either a given gift at birth, not the gift of the Spirit, just, just something he can hear some, or it's 18 years of lesson. And, and so tonight, God's given you a gift or gifts, and God's given you a talent. For example, I do not have the talent to do anything with electricity. I am not an electrician, and I don't want to be one. It ticks me off. I don't want to hang pictures in the house. Brother Sarabia, I about lose my salvation. I said, honey, I hate hanging pictures. I hate it. Please don't do this to me. I'll hire it done. Kevin Manley, are you nearby? How many times have I brought him to my house and said, I'll give you $3 to hang pictures for six hours. I, I mean, I'm a big payer. But I mean, you've hung a lot of pictures in the house. The lady changes them all the time. She's driving me crazy. I hate, I mean, I, I, I remember when, when those hanging things were, uh, I don't know what those things were. You, you hung down Merrimack. I don't know what they were called. Mara what? Macrame, macrame in the 70s. Everybody had them. Everybody had them. And I, I, I knew how to put a hook and flange it out in the ceiling. I got so ticked off, I couldn't find, I could not find the stud. I took that hammer and just hit up there, and oh, what a mess I had. <laughs> and, and, you know, I said, please, I don't want to do this again. I, I hate that kind of stuff. I hate working with electricity. I would be the most discouraged man in the world if I had to do your job working with computers. That would just tick me off. I'd be so upset. I said to my wife the other day, I want to, I want to put, I want this text to go to two people. Now, how do I do that? I don't know how to do it. And she showed me and it still bothered me. My mind is not mechanical. I guess brilliant people don't always have brilliant mechanical minds, right? I'm, I'm talking about the fact God gifted you. God gave you a talent. In addition, God's given us opportunities. He calls them open doors. And perhaps those open doors, you could just say, I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. I told the college students the other day, I was so just, I think, I believe, I, I guess, I hope that God called me to preach in sophomore year of college. God was doing big things in my heart, and I, that's the only time I, it wasn't any lights. Brother Ron just mentioned, he knew it, he knew a service, and that's one, I don't have that. But John Rice came by, and he was echoing my testimony, he goes, I don't know about a specific day I was called to preach, but he said, I've been winning souls now for these 60 years, I think it was, and he said, if, if, if God, God's unhappy with me when I get to heaven because I want souls to him. I'm sure he'll correct it. But I just, he says, you know that song, young people? I remember where he told us in the preacher boys class, second floor of the old main building. He said, I just volunteered. We sing a volunteer for Jesus. And I volunteered. And the longer I've been in the ministry now, I know God's called me to preach. 
I, I know that. Some of you ought to look at some of these opportunities that God's given you. A Sunday school class, a bus route, a parking lot attendant, the security around here, the nursery, and say, I can do that. You say, well, I don't have the gifts for that. Well, you might have the talent, or you might have the like, or you might have the open door. There's something that you can do. Tonight, we're on the gifts of the Spirit. And in chapter 12, by further introduction, now concerning spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit is a gift singular in the Bible. Gifts, there are nine gifts that God gave. Many, there are more than that, but they were signed gifts. And those gifts, some have vanished away, it tells us in this text, because they were the swaddling clothes of the church to authenticate the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. But those, those, those swaddling clothes could be done away when that which is perfect has come, the revealed word of God. We have all, I don't need to speak in tongues. I don't need to say, stand up in, in Mexico and start speaking Spanish just, and I didn't even learn it. I don't need to do that, why? Because we have the revealed word of God that speaks. Tonight there are nine that are remaining and I wanna look at those tonight. I want you to turn back, there's four references. Let's take one of them first here. Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, just a book back. In Romans 12, we find, pardon me, we find the Bible says, in verse number three, for I say through the grace given unto me every man, every man among you, not to think himself more highly, and God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And he begins to talk about many members. He embellishes that in chapter 12 of where we are in Corinthians in a moment. So then we, verse five, we be many in the body of Christ, every one members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophesy, less prophecy, or of faith, or the ministry serving, let us wait on our ministry, or he that teacheth on teacheth, or he that exhorteth or encourages on exhortation, or he that giveth, God's given me the gift of earning funds to give. Let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth, that is leadership, let him do it and, uh, uh, and showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Uh, tonight in that text, there is one gift, and I'll speak of a few of these briefly. There's the gift of ministering. Do you have that gift? Ministering is service. There are some people you just like to serve. You don't need to have your name in the bulletin. You don't need to have your name announced. You don't need to have a plaque. You just serve. You just want to serve God. You just want to serve the church. You just want to serve the people of God. And, you, and you're, you're a servant of Jesus Christ. Is that who you are? You three chefs that work over at the school and you're volunteer and, and all the money that comes in, you just, you don't take, you just give it. You're, you're volunteers. Every day those meals are so great and they're professional chefs. You know what they want to do? They want to serve. They want to serve. They want to serve the school. They're investing in the young people that are on that property. We have a man, Brother Tom Perotti, who was saved here about 35 years ago. 
And Brother Tom, I remember at that time his boy was going through cancer five years of age and he lived eventually and went on to get married, has a child, so Brother Tom's a grandfather. Brother Tom comes in every single day of the year. He bought a beautiful security car. He gave us the old one out here. It has a nice new one. He bought the security car after Sandy Hook. He said, those kids, and it's like a police car. He drives from Marina. He leaves his house at 4 a.m. every day. He comes over here. He's done it for years and years and years. Whatever Sandy Hook was, that's when he started. And he's done it. We never give him a dime. Uh, we, we never give him a plaque. He just, he loves to serve. This church has been built off of people that love to serve. Love to turn wrenches, love to uh, vacuum the, the, this building here, we moved in this August the 20th, 2006. We have never paid maintenance fees on this building. The McCrackens, and they became elderly, and after all those years, could not do it. Prior to them, there was older uh, other people that became too old and could not handle it. But, and now the Otavo, Mrs. Otavo and her girls, they detailed this building two, three times a week for us. We never paid them. We were in here for hours and hours. It takes, I think it takes about six hours or seven hours just to vacuum this 3,000 seat auditorium. They do the floors. It's just beautiful. Why? Because they want to serve. God's word here in Romans says there's this ministering. Is God giving you that gift? I need you to ponder that this week. Is God giving you the gift just to serve? Is God giving you the gift of teaching? That's what he texts in chapter 12, verse 7. The gift of teaching. Are you a teacher? Don't try to be a teacher if you're not a teacher. But teach the word of God. Patch the pirate. Teach the word of God. Uh, A Sunday school. B Sunday school. C Sunday school. Spanish ministry. Uh, Indian ministry. Uh, 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 Filipino ministry. Teach the word of God. Are you a teacher? A teacher is one who understands something and transfers what he knows to another person. Teach. Teach. Be a teacher. Brother Bill Shelton, bless his heart. Brother Mark Giovanelli, Brother Bruce, all the, Brother Mark went home to be with the Lord two weeks ago. Mark would tell me all the time, Pastor, God's gonna take me home. And when he does, I hope I have trained some workers that can work on these buses. He said that from his wheelchair. And he came every Saturday to work on the engines and work on the motors and work on the electrical systems of those buses. He said, my goal is to get them trained. Brother, Brother Shilton, you've been working on that for years. Get that next generation tra trained that they can take over so that these buses that have transported 1.5 million riders can continue to bring riders into church. Do you have the gift of teaching? Do you have the gift of ministering? He talks about exhortation. That's encouraging. Somebody has to have that gift to encourage all the chief rain clouds. Because, you know, Brother Donald, you just had such a kind smile, you and your wife right back there. Everybody's not that way. They see cloudy skies in every situation. But we've got to have some of you that say a word of encouragement, that do something for those in need, and you're encouraged. Number one, number one, you're going to ponder it this week. What is it, number one? What's the first one? I didn't think you had it. 
It's my fault. I didn't teach you well enough. Here in Romans chapter 12, number one is ministering service. Number one is what? Service. Number one is what? Service. Secondly, teaching. Teaching. One is what? Service. Two is teaching. Three is exhortation or encouragement. One is what? Two is what? Three is what? Encouragement. Encouragement. Verse number eight, it's giving. I believe, Brother Goddard, that God has placed enough people in every church that they have that gift. I know a pastor that has had a need for 20-some years. I think he's run out of time with age to do this now. But I think he's got about six millionaires in his church that could have met the need any time, and they're all aged. I mean, what, are we going to buy another house at 75, 80? I need some more investments. For what? I know of two multimillionaires that said, my ministry is now to get rid of every dime so when I die, it's all gone. They have the gift of giving. The gift of giving. God has raised some of you up in this church to give. That's your ministry. Someone, I don't know who, someone today called a staff member and said, here's the check. I'll pay for the, everybody to eat tonight. No cost. Just have the church do it. People do that all the time around here. All the time. Pastor, you mentioned the need. I'll, I don't need anybody to know about it. Just here, I, we, we have these gifts that come in. I don't know who gives them. I don't look at the names. But I do know this, that God's raised up people to give and be financial givers to support the work of God. I do know that during COVID, we finished our 400th church, paying a pastor's salary for one year and building a building in the Philippines. And I do know that was done, it took many years, several years, but it was done by the people of God, constantly, constantly, constantly giving. I do know that we just ordered another 25,000 tracks. I think we'd give at least that a month, maybe more than that. And I know that people say, I'll, I'll, I'll write a check for it. I'll write a check for $1,000 or whatever it is. You know what that is? That's giving. And you'll never be happy unless you use your gift. May I take you, if you will, to the one in verse number eight, ruleth, that is, Someone who rules is someone who is able to administrate things. Can you administrate? Keep it organized. The next one is, is faith. And faith is simply believing God. You know, there's enough people in the church that do not believe that God can. But then God sends mighty people. I, I believe that is undoubtedly one of the greatest gifts that this church has. I've seen more people through these 45 plus years. You just believe God. You just believe God can. You just believe God's going to do it. I've told this before years ago. I remember we were building 1981, 82, 83, that building over there at Clyde Avenue. There's a 66,000 square foot building. As we built that, we had thought it'd take one year, it took two. We thought it was gonna be $550,000, as 1.2 million. My uncle who's with the Lord built that, Bill Stoppy. 
The men of the church came on Monday night, Tuesday night, after church Wednesday night, we worked under lights. We uh, worked some Thursday nights, rarely on Friday, and then all day Saturday for two years. The ladies ran the bus route. The ladies would make a meal at night and come down and see their husbands and the children that would come and we'd eat together. And I thank God for those days and always, always 20, 30, 35, 40 men every night out working. Building that building for the glory of God. May I say, I came to the point where we had run out of money and I was so tired. I gathered the deacons together on their deacons meeting and I said, I, I want you to know, what, talk to you about the building project, where we're at, and we don't have any money, fellas. Brother Paul Skirty's here somewhere tonight. Brother Paul was in that meeting 1982, probably. Probably 40 years ago. And he said, fellas, I don't know what the pastor's gonna talk about. Many of those deacons I couldn't look at, they're with the Lord right now. But Brother Skirty said, I don't know what he's gonna talk about tonight. But you younger fellas that are with us, and he was younger at the time too, newer fellas, he goes, I want you to know I have learned since I came here in 76, now this was probably 82, he said, we have God's man, and I felt so, so weak because I didn't feel like God's man. But he said, I've just determined that God's gonna give him a direction, and I just want you to know, I know how he is. He's gonna step out by faith, and he's just gonna go forward for God, though we don't have money. I want you to just trust him. He'll lead us, he'll do okay. I'm thinking there, that's not me at all. I wanna tell you, we're stopping it. A few of the fellows talked and said similar things. And I said, fellas, I'm, I'm, I, I want to just ask you to really pray. I couldn't tell them. And you know what? Never stopped the project. How? Because there was a man of faith that had faith when I did not have faith. God's going to give you a roommate and he's going to get to the point or she's going to get to the point. I'm just quitting college where you're going to have to have faith for them. Mother, your kids are going to lose faith in whatever it is. You're going to have to have faith for them. I did so poorly in spelling in sixth grade. My mother had faith for me and courage for me. And my school teacher, Mrs. Roth, had such courage for me that guess what? I became a good speller because I had someone that was breathing faith in me, believing God. This church, this church, we'll make it through the next storm. We'll make it through this storm. We'll make it for the fall. They'll keep coming till Jesus comes again. Why? Because I have faith in God. You have faith in God. We're talking tonight about serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, ruling, faith. Go to chapter number 12 of 1 Corinthians. I think I can wrap it up quickly and pull it together. Verse number four of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Now there are diversities of gifts, different types of gifts but the same spirit. There are differences in administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but the same God which worketh all in all. For the manifestation are publicly revealing. God always publicly reveals. One day he's gonna reveal at the judgment seat of Christ our works. Some will burn up because they're out of wood, hay, and stubble but others are gonna sustain because they're, they're silver and gold and precious stone. 
and we'll receive these gifts, these rewards from God at the judgment seat of Christ, and we will come in Revelation 4 and 5 and cast them at his feet and saying, thou art worthy to receive honor and glory and power. We're not gonna walk around heaven with our halos of our diadems and our stars and our crowns and our heads. So how, look how important I am. I'm on this street, you're down there on that street down there. That's not what heaven's about. Notice what the Bible says. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to, what's the next two words? Verse number seven. Is given to what? Every man. Does every man get a gift? Yes, he does. Every man. Every man. To profit therewithal. One is given the Spirit of wisdom, another knowledge, another faith, gifts of healing, the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy discerning spirits. Notice what the Bible says, but all these worketh to the one and self same spirit, dividing to, what's the next two words? Verse 11, what's the next two words? Every man, severally or differently as he wills. God decides what Brother Trevor gift he needs. God decided, I didn't decide that. God decided what gifts you boys need down here and you young ladies down in the front. God, God decided that already. It's your job to figure out with your parent, with your Sunday school teacher, with your pastor, or the pastors here, what is your gift? And I know as you get through life, I, I know my gifts. I know what God did. I, I, know, I know that, for example, I didn't study to be a pastor because I knew I could not do that. But that is a gift from God. It's not a talent, it's not an ability. And I, don't, I know it's gonna sound braggadocious. I don't mean it this way at all. I really believe before God, and I'd rather you not say amen. I really believe I'm a good pastor, not a perfect pastor, but that's what God gifted me to do. He gave pastors to the church as a gift. I know that. And I stand in awe that it would take some bumbling guy like me and allow me to pastor and love people. That's God's goodness. And the Bible says he gives to every man. Now, he gives us an illustration. I'm trying to hasten. Verse number 12. Now he introduces the body. For as the body is one. This body, these 10 digits here, these two arms, this trunk, this thorax, this back, this spine, these legs, these feet, it's one whole body, it's one whole unit. But the Bible says that this body hath many members, hands, feet, legs, but that one body being many are one body. This church, we're a body. Some of you are the hand, some of you are the feet, but we've gotta do your function. The Bible says, verse 14, for the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, am I not the body? It's therefore not of the body. You know, you never hear really songs about the beautiful feet. I looked at your toenails and they just moved me. I was, they're so romantic, your toenails. No, they're not. We sing about when I look into your eyes or, or, or when I see the beauty of you. We, we talk like that, we don't talk, but is that foot necessary? 
That foot is very necessary. And God's word says, and if the ear, verse 16, say, because I'm not the eye. You don't hear songs, when I gaze into your beautiful uh, canal of your ear. <laughs> but we do have songs about your eyes. And the Bible says, am I not the body? If the whole body were an eye, we're not the hearing. Or the whole were hearing, where's the smelling? But look at in verse 18, it pleased him. He set the members in the body. Verse 20, but now there are many members, but one body. And now I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee. The head to the feet, I have no need of thee. Watch verse 22. Nay, much more those members of the body, though it seemed to be more feeble, are necessary. You know, in this body of mine, as well as yours, you have 206 bones. I had an aunt on the Golden Gate Bridge. I was going to school in the 40s in El Cerrito, and a drunk hit him head on, and she broke, they said, almost 100 bones that night in her body. She became a pastor's wife. She's home with the Lord now. I have 206 bones in my body. Those bones all fit together, have all these joints, and so do you. We have nerves and, and, and organs and a brain and muscle and spinal cord and respiratory. Uh, we, we have blood vessels. But verse 22 says they're all important. My heart, your heart beats 75 times per minute. Every time it beats, it squirts out four ounces of water. That's a huge amount of, 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 of blood. That's a huge amount of pressure. They said if, you're, if you took the pressure, the ability of your heart, you could, at the end of that, you could have lifted a railroad car. It's so powerful. Do you know as we push out that four ounces of blood, with each pump, that means it's 3,000 gallons a day that circulates through my body. And the wonderful thing is, it all came because of evolution. <laughs> You'd have to be very stupid to think that we came here from, you gotta be kidding me. We're fearfully, wonderfully made. And you know that 3,000 gallons a day means 650,000 gallons a year. Do you realize that that 650,000 gallons at the end of the year could fill on an oil tanker on a train track, 81 of those just from one heart? Do you realize when a person turns 70, we're not even gonna go there, <laughs> but I have a number here. God says it's all important. These feet of mine are so important. But all you've seen is my hands tonight. And so this old boy over here says, you know, I'm just a little bit ticked off about this thing. I wanna be up here on the pulpit with the hand. 
I want to be seen. How come I can't be seen? I'm the most important. I hold the whole thing up. I'm important. God did not give you a gift to look important. God, ah. Uh, God gave you a gift for a function, a duty, a responsibility. There's the gift of, I'll close them down, the eight is helps. You just help people. Help people. Help anybody. Just help people. I know. I just saw a man's face. He has that gift. I know he does. He just likes to help people. That's who you are. And there's the gift of being a, a pastor. Now, so important. I'm asking you to take these nine gifts, whether it's exhortation, encouragement, or teaching, or serving, or helps, or faith, or mercy, or giving, or, or, or pastoring, or helps. Would you, would you analyze it this week? All right, I have some talents. Why don't you use your talents that you developed or that God gave? Why don't you use it for God? Why don't you use, I like doing gardening. We have people that come, they've done it for years. They come to some of these areas where we have rocks and flowers and garden. They like just pulling the weeds out. And I think of one lady that comes as a grandmother with her granddaughters, done it for years, and now those granddaughters are about through school. And they just come every Saturday morning, I'm guessing about six in the morning, and pull, pull weeds and straighten the rocks out. But you know what? If they did not do that, be a, a dump out here. Uh, we have a man, I saw him, Brother Jim, this morning. He just comes and he hoses down the front driveway every Saturday with the dust and the, all the, and it's always clean. We have people that wash the windows. I've seen the Raisley so many times just washing the nursery windows over here on Saturday. God gifted you, or God gave you a talent, or God gave you a light, or God's giving you an opportunity. Right now, we need mechanics. A 20-year-old boy said to me yesterday, Pastor, I, I'm not a mechanic, but I'd kind of like, I'd, I'd like to think about learning how to work on those buses. I took him right out to Brother Shilton, and Brother Shilton and Brother Kennedy was brother there, Brother Mark Sumatra was there, and we had prayer, praise God. He wants to serve God. He says, I don't know nothing. I don't, I don't, I don't know anything. And, and brother, 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 English 99. And that's why <laughs> brother, brother, brother Shilton said, that's how we like you to come in here. We have other mechanics out there that work. God bless you, man. But they're keeping those buses rolling. I closed my Bible I'm later than usual tonight. I, I heard of a man years ago. I never met the man. I heard of a man. He could not speak. But he got saved and he wanted to serve God. And I remember hearing it. It moved me so many years. Probably 30 years ago I heard it. He lived in a small town, but the, the freeway is probably bypassed there now, but used to come into town. When you used to travel 80, we'd travel out to go see my wife's dad and family. You'd have to go in Reno, you'd have to get through Reno, through the city, and then get through uh, different cities like Elko and Winnemucca and uh, Lovelock. Had to go into the city. Now it's all bypassed. This man was living in a small area, and as you entered into that city, there was a hill. He couldn't go door to door soul winning because he couldn't speak. 
So he built a cross and he put the cross on the hill and he stood out in traffic and would stop cars and when they'd stop he'd say, They knew he could not speak and point to the cross and he had designed a, a gospel track and said, will you read it to me? He led people to Christ with them reading him a gospel track. He was serving God. A great lady years ago was married to the most amazing preacher of the day. She gave birth to the second son who became a preacher. But as a result of that birth, she became a permanent invalid. She never got to hear her husband preach. He would preach messages to her during the week and she would write them down as he would dictate the messages. I don't know if there's 60, 70, 80 volumes that thick, but she recorded every message that her husband, Charles Spurgeon, preached. He would dictate books and she would write them down and then he would edit them. And though she was not able to go hear them, and sometimes they'd fill that great 5,000 seat auditorium in London, three times on a Sunday, four times on a Sunday morning. A different crowd every time. They said you get in a cab, a horse-drawn cab, and you just say, over to Charlie's place, please. Charles Haddon Spurgeon. That lady could not teach a Sunday school class. She could not drive a wagon. She could not work in the nursery. But she gave us all those volumes of books, of messages that he preached, and his name is still being quoted, he died in 1899. I don't know what you can do. At home right now, we've got many of our folks that are shut in. You can't go, can't, cannot leave the house. You're not going door to door. You're not passing tracks. I don't know what you can do. I don't know if you can just randomly start dialing 408 and a number, see who answers it and say, I'm, I'm from a church, I'm an invalid, I can't go to church, but I wanna invite you to my church. Would you please go? I don't know if that's legal or illegal, so I don't know, but I mean, they call me all day long. <laughs> I want you to know that some of you at home, you've prayed your entire life, but you're at a point you can't get to church. I wonder if God is gonna raise you up to be a prayer warrior. I wonder if you can find the preachers in every state and begin to pray for those men of God that are preaching. Let's stand together, please. I told you for me it was going to be, it's more of a Bible study, I know tonight. But you've got to figure out what you're supposed to do. Next week, and he gave some pastors for the perfecting, the maturing, the growing of the saints for the work of the ministry. I don't want to get out of anything. I like serving. But there arose a, a murmuring of the Grecian widows against the Hebrews because they were neglected in the daily menstruation. 
And the preacher said, look out among you, find seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Spirit, whom we may appoint over this business, carrying food to the widows. But we, the pastors, give ourselves continually to the word of God and prayer. It was, it's not, it, it, I, I push a broom every day. I vacuumed my office for years. I vacuumed it yesterday. I don't have a problem with cleaning. I love it. I love fixing. I, I, I try to vacuum the floors before the staff comes in. Without getting all dirty, I'll get an electric blower and blow off the, the front step, try to do it every morning so they're walking in. Just, it does, it, it's only three minutes. I love doing that. But you know, I'm not good at the mechanics anymore. I used to be. It's not reason I go out there and mess it up. Because I can get myself to prayer and to the Word of God. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.